Well, good morning, everyone. Good to be back with my uh, Florida family here. I bring greetings from Canada. Rosie and I literally had to uh, drive out of our hometown on uh, Thursday night because we were getting snowed in on uh, Friday. And I mean it, we wouldn't have been able to get down here. Uh, good to be with you and uh, pray that the Lord uh, will bless our time together here this morning. I wondered if you could turn with me to First uh, Peter. First Peter. My oldest grandson said something to me last weekend that got me on this passage, and I've been just enjoying it ever since. But he used the word, uh, he said, Grandpa, I think I'm being called uh, to the ministry. Now, to, from a 16-year-old boy, I was pretty happy to hear that. But uh, with great maturity, really, he explained to me how he felt the Lord was calling him to go into full-time work. So he was going to uh, go to uh, bridal college first. I mean Bible college. And um, anyway, I started thinking about that. And um, there's a precedent of that in Scripture, and that's... Uh, found in the book of Acts, in chapter 13. And it says there that uh, Paul and... Um, they wanted to separate Paul and Barnabas uh, for the ministry. Call. He said uh, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, had told uh, the folks there that they, uh, they were to separate uh, Paul and Barnabas for that work. But you know that you and I are called? And First Peter really, uh, when you look at it, Peter has a lot to say about calling. And so if you're here this morning and you belong to the Lord Jesus, you've been called. Maybe not to go into full-time work in a sense, although we should all be in full-time work for the Lord, right? Um, but we have been called. And I want to uh, consider that this morning and, um, and meditate on that. Let's look at uh, 1 Peter in uh, chapter 1, and let me read a few verses here in verse uh, 13. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13, it says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action, or as the King James said, a gird up your loins of your mind. Be self-controlled or sober. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. There's the first calling that Peter mentions here. And there's four of them at least. Maybe five if we uh, discuss a certain verse that I won't get into this morning. But at least four callings that, for, that are there for all of us. And before we do that, let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you, O God, this morning. I pray, O God, for each and every one that's here this morning. Father, you know their hearts. You certainly know every hurt in this room. Uh, Father, you know uh, every need in this room. 
And Father, I pray, O God, as we open up thy precious word, Father, that um, the thoughts that you have given me, O God, would come out clearly, would be an encouragement and a blessing to each and every one that is here this morning. Father, we do pray, and perhaps there's someone here this morning that uh, is here but is not saved, that do not uh, perhaps understand all that is involved in the gospel. And, oh God, again, Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who will convict and uh, speak to a heart like no one else can. And, Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We are called to be holy. It's interesting when just the verses that I read, two questions are answered here. Why and how? About this calling that you and I have. Why? Why are you and I to be holy if we belong to God? Well, it really is because God is holy. That's the answer. Seems simplistic. But um, we belong to him who is holy. We ought to have the characteristics of our Heavenly Father. Um, I grew up in a little uh, town of Timmins. There's a brother here today that came up after the meeting and said, Hey, <laughs> that's where uh, I'm from. Now, how do you like that in uh, Boulevard Bible Chapel in Florida? But... Um, he would understand this. Very small town. Um, my dad was well known. And uh, was in practice in Timmins. And uh, it seemed to me as a little kid anyways. That everybody knew my father. And um, so when I would go into a store or whatever. In those days there was no credit cards or anything like that. It was, you know, you either had cash. Or you could charge it. And my dad had an account at a lot of stores in town because they knew who he was. So I'd just go in and say, I'm Tony Martin's son. Of course, that's my name too, but anyway, I don't want to go into that. But do you know what I'm saying? I was going in there and my dad had a reputation in certain stores uh, that I just could go in and say, you know what, charge it. Now, that's, not, that's a dangerous thing uh, for a kid like me. Because we used to have a corner store down the street. I don't know if, you know, like a Max Milk type of thing. Very small in those days. We had a charge account at that. Because of my dad and who he was. But you know what? I remember as a young boy. A guy caught me doing something one time. and I, that, He just passed away a couple of years ago, this guy. who was a dear friend of my dad. And he said this to me when he caught me. I won't tell you what the sin was. He said, don't you know that you're Tony Martin's boy? And you never want to hurt that man's good reputation that he has built. Folks, that is why you and I are called to be holy. Because we represent Jesus Christ to the world. And we are to be holy because he is holy. And um, that's why. Very simple, isn't it? We represent him. 
you might not think it. I don't know how many times I think people don't know me. And yet, they, God makes it known that you belong to him. I don't know if it's like there's an invisible red light on us or whatever that says, Christian, Christian, Christian. But it's amazing. When you go to work, you go to school. I tell young people all the time, you're going to school. You know, you're half asleep. You're not even thinking. But you know what? The kid next to you knows that you're a Christian. And you better act like it. Because you want to keep up the reputation of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be ye holy, because I am holy. So that's why. Now how do you become holy? How do you do it? Well, Peter answers it in saying uh, this. First thing, he says, gird up the loins of your mind. What he's saying is, like sort of roll up your sleeves and be alert and be ready with a disciplined mind. With a disciplined mind. Holiness, folks, starts in the mind. Far too often, and especially in this day and age, it's so easy, isn't it? To, to be um, unalert. To get onto the internet and to, like, you know, I, I'm terrible. I've got my phone in my pocket. I mean, these little gadgets. I got my Bible on there, so that's good, right? But, you know, let's be honest. We can be distracted by these things, can't we? Right? It really is. And so the way to be holy is to have a controlled mind, a disciplined mind. Uh, Peter says in, in 1 Peter in 4 and 7 to uh, be alert because the time is at hand. Folks, you and I live in a privileged time. We see the world disintegrating in front of us. We live in a privileged time. And we ought to be disciplined in our mind. And that's why, that's one of the ways we can be holy. The second one, it says, as obedient children. Obedience. You know, the Bible, you know, I, I like what Mark Twain said. You know, he said, it's not what I don't understand about the Bible that scares me. It's what I do understand. You know, people say, oh, I don't understand the Bible. Well, I'll tell you what. You understand enough to know this. <laughs> that you ought to be obedient. How can we be holy if we're not obedient to, to what we know, right? We need to be obedient. Trust in the Lord and do good. We need to be obedient children. Can't be holy without obedience. Part of this mind that we have is that we're secure. Girding up the loins of our mind, being alert, is also reminding us who we are in Christ. You've been chosen. That's not for an argument's sake, folks. Most people, when they read about cho chosen, they either set up in one camp or the other. Right? A lot of people, when my son went to Bridal College, 
he, he was telling me the biggest argument there all the time, every night it seemed to be, uh, was whether you were chosen or whether you chose God. Right? There seemed to be two camps, and that particular school that he went to really believed in, in uh, predestination. And they'd preach it, and, and they would have these. It was good for him because he had to, you know, it says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The fact is, though, we are chosen. It's in the Bible. Right? If you got your testimony that you chose God, change it. <laughs> because you were dead in your trespasses and sins. God chose you. He came after you. And then you choose him. <laughs> but it, he, he initiated everything, right? But part of, of this um, holiness is, is understanding who you are. It's, it, you know, ch being chosen is not for an argument, folks. It's for enjoyment. I enjoy the fact. Here I am. In, uh, you look at our family tree. And uh, I don't know this for a fact because I, 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 you know, beyond my grandfather, who I'm, I didn't even know on the, on the Martin side, you can trace our lineage back to my father did this, spent a fortune doing it, and found out that my 16 generations ago came to Canada in uh, 1614, I believe, uh, with Jacques Cartier which, uh, you know, were the first people to come over and uh, meet up with the natives. And as a matter of fact, on that ship, 25 people died from scurvy, a lack of vitamin C. My grandfather, great, 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 16 ago, was on that ship. Now, I don't know what he believed. I, I think I know because of, of, of the way my father was and the way my grandfather was. And I don't know this for sure, so I'm only saying it and God knows my heart. Because what do I know? But here's what I think. I was the first Christian born again in my family. And when I read that I was chosen, I enjoy that. <laughs> I don't know why, God, you chose me. I, I don't know. I, uh, you know, out of all those generations that didn't know the gospel, they didn't. And why me? All I can say is thank you, Jesus, for that. I was chosen, but so were you. Isn't that great? Enjoy that. Don't argue about it. Just enjoy it. And Peter says, look, not only are you chosen, you're being kept. Reserved. God's going to complete his work in you. I like that. And I fail all the time, don't you? Before this day's out, I'll probably fail again. But it doesn't depend on me. It depends on him. That's part of a girded mind. Be secure, Christian. Know that uh, my sheep hear my voice, the Lord Jesus said. And I know them, and they know me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Well, the, the Greek word for never is never. 
you know, it never. I thank God for that. I'm, not, I'm a simple guy. I like simple things. God said, you'll never perish, Tony. Good, hallelujah. Right? Well, that's part of having a girded mind. It's part of holiness, is understanding these things. Being kept, being secure. It also says, to be holy is setting your hope. Setting your hope on another world. You know what? I want to be like Abraham and not Lot. I don't want to put all my emphasis on this world. If I'm going to be holy, I want to put it on the next world. I, I want to be like Abraham, who, was, who, who, uh, who had a different real estate agent than Lot had. He was showing them stuff that would be great in the future. Abraham, you want to live there. Lot was looking for a, a good deal now. I've been in the real estate, you know. One thing they tell about doctors, they, they, you know what they should do? They should stick to being doctors. Because they're no good at anything else. <laughs> I got into the restaurant business, I flunked in that. You know? I got into real estate, then I flunked in that. Okay? And, because uh, like Lot, right? Well, he was looking at this world and said, look at that piece of land. Never thinking for a minute what it would be like to raise his family over there in Sodom. In, uh, you know, I, I don't think there was homeschooling then. He wasn't thinking ahead. Abraham was. I want to be like Abraham. You? Um, that's how we become holy, folks. We become holy if we're... we're uh, Today, obedient, but looking, looking for another life, looking for a heavenly city, looking for another world, living for that world. And just understand that this is very temporary. Very temporary. Doesn't last long. The older I get, the faster it goes. Just seems there's less than 24 hours in a day anymore. It's unreal. called not to be conformed to this world and as the apostle paul said transformed by the renewing of your mind not to be conformed you know what i want to swim upstream i'm on the narrow road that leads to life and i understand that the old ways as Peter says, are to be left behind. Are to be left behind. If we can do those, folks, we will live a holy life. Holy and pleasing to God. And you know, I was reading Leviticus chapter 21 the other day. And it, 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 you know, Leviticus is sometimes tough reading. And if you say it isn't, you're a liar. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it's tough reading, right? It's all about rules and regulations and, you know, it's, it's tough sledding in there, you know? I mean, there's always great stuff in there, but it's tough, you know, and I, I like to go through my Bible every year. You know, just general reading uh, besides my studying. I think it's a good thing, you know? 
But I'm reading through Leviticus the other day, and I'm going, boy, you get to Leviticus chapter 21, and now, I mean, the rules are pretty, and you know what? There's so much common sense in there. It's unreal, like in the world of medicine. Leviticus is a fantastic book. It is. If, if, if medicine only listened to it, right? Because in, in medicine, you see how God protects his people. Like, wash your hands. You know, not a bad thing to do that, right? And uh, don't get defiled and hear certain foods and eat these foods and, 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 and some of the other, don't eat some of the other things, right? It was also very practical stuff. But it gets to Leviticus 21 and then it talks about rules for the priest. And boy, they were tough. Like you, the, the general population, <laughs> nothing compared to what, because he set them apart. And you see, folks, that's what, that's what uh, the second calling is. Look at it in 1 Peter and chapter 2. Let me read it to you. Verse 9. I memorized this verse a few days after I got saved. You know that? But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who's called you, there's the word, out of darkness into his marvelous light. There's the second calling. We were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see the priesthood? You're a royal priesthood. The guy that led me to the Lord is here this morning. Him and his wife, John and Gloria Club, led me to the Lord over 30 years ago. I owed them my life and the direction I was going. Two days after I got saved, I got saved on October the 12th in 1982 in Timmins, Ontario, Canada. A guy that I went to school with heard about the fact that I got saved. Not John and Gloria, but another guy. And he came, he took me out for lunch. And I was just a baby Christian, two days old, what? Two days old in the Lord. And he took me out and he showed me this verse. He took his Bible. He was a Gideon, Bob, and uh, opened up his Bible and he showed me a verse in second, uh, first uh, Peter chapter 2. I didn't even know where first Peter was. I didn't. And he took it and he said, you see this verse, Tony? That's you. You're a chosen people, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, to declare praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Wow, I didn't know that. I knew, you know what, I didn't know much. I didn't know much. But he said, Tony, you're royal priesthood. You have direct access to God. I, I grew up under priesthood. They're the only ones. I had a, my dad was so concerned about me after I got saved. The first guy that I told, got sa I told my wife that I was saved, she said, that's good. What does that mean? That was in 1982. She didn't know what I was talking about. I went and told my dad. One of the reasons that it took me one year to get saved, because when John Club saved, uh, shared the gospel with me on the very first day, even though I called him every name in the book, I knew what he was telling me was true. And I waited one year to get saved. You know why? 
because I counted the cost. And when I think back, it was more the cost. Not so much of my friends. I knew that I was going to pay a price for them. But it was for my dad. My hero in my life. The one that I was the closest to. The one that I admired the most. I knew I would break his heart. And I went to my dad. And I told him I was saved. And tears came down his eyes. He was so disappointed in what I had done. To the point that he sent a bishop, who was his close friend, to come and see me in my office the next day. And the guy pretended he had something wrong with him. And I figured, smelt him out in a minute. I knew it. <laughs> and he said, you know, you've disappointed your dad. You've disappointed your dad. But I'll tell you what, folks. I was a chosen person. A royal priesthood. One that was called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you know what? Now I could see. And even with the bishop, I couldn't even show him. I couldn't get out a Bible. I couldn't do much. All I said to him was, what? Listen. I once was blind, but now I see. <laughs> what could you, you know, he, what could he say? And folks, you've been called to this. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it wonderful to be called by God? You know, you might, you can get discouraged, right? You look at your belly button, you look at your circumstances, you, you look around and you're getting pretty discouraged, folks. God wants to bring you back to this to encourage you this morning, to tell you, listen. He's called you. Out of darkness you didn't see. Now you see. And you know what? What do you see? It's beautiful because I, 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 I never get over this. I can't get over how my worldview has changed, how my thinking has changed, how my family has changed, how everything has changed in my life. Thank God, Jesus, hallelujah. Right? Because you folks, listen, I was a blasphemer. I cursed that man for telling me about Jesus. Every four-letter word that you can think of, I called him. But you see, I can see. <laughs> First thing that happens, you see yourself. Do you know that Christians are the only ones that know themselves? We're the only ones that know ourselves. You know, I, I'm not into psychology, are you? You know, well, poor me. Wah, wah, wah. You know, because I, my mommy didn't give me uh, uh, my, you know, didn't give me my Twinkies. And we got all sorts of problems. Oh, that's, that's not it. Because we see the diagnosis. We know what we're like. We know what we're like. Paul called himself the chief of sinners. Present tense. And that's us, right? And that's why, like, we don't boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus. What am I going to do, boast about how good I am? I don't boast to people because I know what I'm like. You know, the people come into my office, and uh, it's amazing. You know, they make excuses for everything. Men are the worst. Oh, I'm not sick. I said, please bring your wife so I can talk to her because they come in. Oh, nothing wrong with me. 
Well, yeah, I'm looking at all your blood work here, and uh, like lots wrong with you. Oh no. You feel good? Yeah, I feel great. Wife goes, you liar. You know, you got no energy. You, you got this problem. You got that problem. And, you know, I get all the truth, right? But you see, the worst deception, folks, is self-deception. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Jesus call, didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Isn't it great? I, I thank God. Because I want to keep short accounts with God because I know what I'm like. Right? We've got to keep short accounts with God because we know what we're like. So I, I love the hymn. It's, it's probably one of my favorite in, in the black book. It says, so prone to wonder, so prone to leave the God I love. That's me. Doesn't take me long. I'll go home this afternoon and I, 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 I start drifting. Doesn't take long. I've got to bring myself back, remind myself who I am, remind myself who I am in Christ, remind myself that if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I've got to remind myself. It's a day-to-day, moment-to-moment thing, isn't it? I can see myself, and I, I, I see other people. You know, I was reading the other day in Mark's Gospel in chapter 8, Jesus is, um, he spits to heal a blind man. I love that. And then he says to him, what can you see? I see, it's like me when I wake up in the morning. What do you see? I see men, they look like trees. So Jesus touched his eyes again. He said, what do you see now? He said, I see men clearly. And you know what, folks? When you're saved, and you've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now you can look at people for the first time in your life. And you know what? I feel sorry for people, don't you? They don't have what I have. I don't care how much money they got. I don't care what they have. When I start thinking, I go, you know what? I wouldn't trade places for one second. I got Christ. They can't see it. They don't even understand it. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who believe it is the power of God. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that I understand these things. I look at other people. I feel sorry for them. They can't see it. I've got brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, excuse me, in the flesh. I have brothers and sisters. They can't see it. They can't see it. What, am I going to hate those people? Because they can't see. They're blind. How can a blind person see? They can't see it. I, I shared the gospel with one of my patients the other day. and I'm thinking, unbelievable what blindness does. I shared it. As, it was so clear, I thought. You know, I was patting myself on the back. And I said, well, did you understand what I just said? And she said, oh, yeah. He said, I really understood it, Dr. Martin. Thank you for that. And uh, I said, okay. And if you die, how do you know you're going to get to heaven? Oh, she said, I'm a good person. Oh, I just told you that that won't get you to heaven. I was so discouraged. But you know what? Then I thought about it. Tony, it's not because she's stupid. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's because she's blind and she can't see. Pray. 
pray. That's what I do. Pray. I can't save somebody. You can't save somebody. Pray. You got people here? Probably every one of us in this room have people that we either in our family. Right? They might be living in the same walls. They can't see it. They don't understand it. Pray that the God of this world, who has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the glorious gospel of Christ. They can't see it. Isn't it good to see, folks? Isn't it good to be brought into the light? I thank God that I brought into the light that I've been called. I can see other people. I understand the cross. I love the cross. You know that? I love the cross. All my life I had a cross. I had one around my neck. I had one in my classroom. I had one in my bedroom. And I never understood it. I didn't. I didn't understand. I didn't know. We used to say it in the Mass. The Lamb of God which taketh away this. I was a little ball, altar boy. I knew that when I was six or seven years old. The Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. You know what? I didn't know what that meant. I didn't. A lamb? I didn't know. I didn't know that Jesus went to the cross for me. I, I mean, and I, I hate to tell you this. It was so perverted, but I thought he was a loser. I didn't like the Jews. Do you know that? I, I hated Jews. You know why I hated Jews? I didn't even know stinking Jews, but I hated them. You know why? Because to me, they put Jesus on the cross, and Jesus was a nice guy. That's what I knew. Crazy, isn't it? But we've been called, folks, out of darkness. Now we can see in the wonderful to know the cross. I know the person of the cross. I know why he had to go there. I love the cross. I do. I, I love it. I can see. And you know what, folks? I, I, I can see now the world. I look at the world completely different. You know, right? I look at the world. <laughs> Are you shocked? What's happening here? Folks. I know, it says, God bless America, you know? But America's not the hope, is it? Don't put all your eggs in this basket, please. You know, don't even try and go reform this world. You know, don't get into politics because you're going to change this world. That's not what a Christian is called to do. A Christian is called to go after individuals. Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. You go after men and women and boys and girls with the gospel of Christ. Don't try and change this world. It's like rearranging the, the, the chairs on the Titanic, for heaven's sakes. It's, gonna it's on a collision course. Right? It is. Think about it. I, I don't try and change this world. You know, save the whales and kill the babies. Right? Right? This world is not my home. Isn't it nice to see that? You know, isn't it nice you can go through life and go, you know what? Okay, it's bad. It's going to get worse. I'm not pessimistic. <laughs> God told me this already. It's in his word. In the last days, men shall be what? Lovers of themselves. Lovers, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Lovers of treasure more than lovers of God. Is that what's happening? Do we see it? We need to be sober. 
We need to be hol holiness, folks. Holiness is what we're called to. We're called out of darkness to bring the light. And I try and see myself bringing light to individuals. And by the grace of God, people will come to understand, like I understood 30 years ago, what it's like to come out of darkness into his marvelous light. Isn't it a marvelous light? You know what, folks? I tell you, when I travel around the country and I speak to young people, I tell you, that here's what I see. Three big problems. This is Tony's Psychology 101. You know what's wrong with this world today? Especially young people. They don't know where they came from. They don't know why they're here. And they don't know where they're going. Now imagine going through life and you cannot answer those three questions. I had my sister's nephew committed suicide last summer. And in his life, We've been discovering things about him. But the biggest issue, he didn't know where he came from, brought up in a pagan home. He didn't know why he was here. And he didn't know where he was going. I'll tell you, folks, that's the world out there. And you and I know different. You and I have been called to be different. You and I have been called to be holy. Why? Because we represent God. I'll tell you, if you don't live a holy life, Christian, nobody's going to be attracted to you. No one. Because they already got friends that are partying and doing their thing. They already got that. You don't have to do that. As a matter of fact, they don't want you to do that. You have a freedom in Christ. But it's not a freedom to make somebody stumble. You need to see yourself, Christian, as a holy person and now start implementing holiness in your life. And that's a separate calling to be different. I don't want to be like the rest of the world. Because I'll tell you something. Had John Club and Gloria Club been like the rest of the world, I would still be a pagan today. Their life changed. And I saw it. And I wanted it. And that's what we got to be, folks. You understand what I'm saying? Called. <laughs> glad you're called. I'm glad I'm called. And called to be different. We're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And God has put us here in that position. Let us pray. Father, we do thank you again, oh God. Thank you for these precious folks, Lord. And I, I pray again, O oh God, that you would uh, bless, Father, us today. Father, we, we, we live in a corrupt world, Father, as you know. Father, it's all around us. Help us to be different. Help us to be separate. Help us, Father, not to be influenced by it. Help us to be a light in a dark place. Help us, Father, to be like Noah, who lived, and he was alone and it, it just him and his little family, Father, as they, they, uh, the judgment was coming. And yet it said, but Lo Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Father, help us to live by grace. Help us, Father, to be different, to be holy, to be separate. 
Help us to enjoy these things, O oh God, the blessings. Father, that we're a royal priesthood, that you've given us a privileged position that the world knows nothing about. And Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name.